No. Of course your health is serious. The reason I did this was to make people take the right thing seriously and give you tools to see what you know isn't going to help you. A lot of people stand to profit off you taking the wrong things really seriously. So I'm just trying to cut through those narratives. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the show. So today, hopefully this episode is a little bit lighter than last time. I got a ton of really amazing feedback on that episode. So I just want to say if you said something or you left a review, I really do appreciate it. And I notice and it made me feel so good. So today we are going to keep it a little lighter, probably a little bit shorter. And we're going to talk about changes of routine. So you're getting really busy, you're traveling, you're moving, you're going on vacation. Anything of that sort falls into this category. I find myself with clients going over a lot of the same things like over and over anytime that someone goes on vacation or they are moving or something like that. There are a few key things that I stick to and then obviously for the individual, I'll dive a little bit deeper and we'll go specific, but these are the things that I tell almost everyone. These are the more generic things that I think can work for pretty much anybody who's in these situations and I think that that can be helpful. So I wanted to share them with you today and we're going to dive right into it. So the very first thing that I think is incredibly important is you have to set a different standard to hold yourself to. Before you go, no matter what you're doing, set a different standard of what success means. I say this because so many people will try to hold themselves to their normal routines and their normal standards and all of those things and they kind of set themselves up to feel like they failed. And you didn't fail, it just doesn't really work that way. If you're on vacation or you're with friends and all of these things are happening, you might not get up at five in the morning and, you know, immediately head to the gym and have a protein shake directly after and then have a super fresh lunch with, you know, grilled chicken and vegetables and all of that. And if that's your standard in everyday life, Unfortunately, you're going to feel really overwhelmed by these situations. Then what I see happening after that is the standard was way too high. And so people kind of go off the deep end. They're like, I'm going to be perfect. I'm not going to ruin anything that I've done. I want to keep all my progress. They hold themselves to this crazy standard. And then something happens. There's some tipping point of realizing that this is way too much and way too complex to hold yourself to where it's just all or nothing and you just screw it. It doesn't even matter. If you can avoid getting to that point, that's everything, right? So here's my compromise. I want you to set standards that are reasonable. Set standards that you can hold yourself to pretty much without fail. Unfortunately, some people aren't going to like that this bar is pretty low. It might be drinking a certain amount of water and that's your only non-negotiable. But even if you only hold yourself to drinking water, there's a ripple effect of it. Let's use that as an example. You just set a 100 ounce of water a gold day. That's your entire non-negotiable. You have to do that every single day. Everything else is kind of up for debate. Then you go out drinking, right? And you're all with your friends. You're at the bar. You're partying. But you know you have to get your water in. So you keep drinking water. Then you're not quite as hungover. So you make a little bit of a better choice at breakfast. Then you remember you have to get even more water in. It's the next day. So you drink some water before lunch. You're not going to be as hungry when you go into lunchtime. All of these things can make a massive difference and even avoiding the mentality that you're all out is huge because if you can hold yourself to one small thing rather than going completely off the deep end, think about it quantitatively. Think about how many calories 
you consume when you're completely in screw it mode. We all do this where we get into this complete all or nothing mindset. And once we're in the nothing mindset, nothing matters. We'll eat 12 donuts like it's all or nothing. And then when we get back, like we'll get back on track. And that's what we tell ourselves. Think about how many calories you can consume just by doing that for a few days. Then if you compare it to just setting a water goal, how easy that is to how much grief it can save you is really big. So set some non-negotiables that you can actually stick to. And I promise you it'll go better from the start. Then if you haven't already kind of realized what yours may be, everybody tends to have things that really tend to go to shit when they travel and it's going to be different for everybody. But if you can pay attention to what yours are specifically, it can make a really big difference just being aware. For me, I am terrible at eating protein when I travel. I am so, so bad at it. And I know that about myself. So I kind of consciously in the back of my head make a little bit more of an effort to get some protein in at each meal. It could be anything, but if you can know what you're the worst at, that's your biggest ground to make up. That's going to give you the best rate of return on your efforts, even if it's just a little. Addressing the things that come up really often for you when you do travel is a great addition to, you know, setting a more realistic standard because not only are you setting manageable standards, but you're also being aware of the things that are really hard for you to hold a standard with. That combination is lethal. It's so, so good. So now you're on the trip and you're eating out all the time and that's amazing. It's so much fun. It absolutely breaks my heart when clients come to me and they tell me that they don't eat out anymore because of their diet or their plan or whatever. Eating out with your friends or your family and all of that stuff, it's so much fun and you should never have to miss out on it. But there are definitely things you can do to make it a little bit easier on yourself and ease a little bit of your anxiety as well. This tip is really great and I've heard this from a few different people. If you can take half your meal to go, That's kind of a classic one so you don't eat your whole plate and I think that's amazing. But I also think this is an amazing way to save money and to also enjoy a meal twice as much. A lot of people have a really hard time throwing away food and it feels wasteful and I can totally understand that. I I totally understand the mentality. However, you went out and you paid to enjoy a meal. You didn't pay to, you know, be sick to your stomach and not feel good and then feel guilty about it. You paid to enjoy the meal. So if you can wrap up half your meal, you get to enjoy it twice and you're going to avoid that guilt. I think that's huge. I also love doing this at the beach because then you don't have to go back out and you don't have to leave the beach. So pro tip. Another thing that I tell people is you have to realize that you are in control of a lot more than you think you are. And this is really hard for people to hear. 99% of the time, sparing, you know, the only really thing I can think of is if you are going to like a different country and it's like cultural and they have a lot of things around food that might be offensive. Other than that, most of you are adults. Most of you have plenty of control over your life. You may make an awkward situation. You may make other people uncomfortable. You may make yourself uncomfortable. However, you have to take full responsibility that you are actually 100% in control. You don't have to eat what everyone else is eating. You can make those efforts. Should you make it every single time and be the person that can't go to dinner without their Tupperware? No, I'm not advocating for that at all. What I am advocating for is taking that ownership that you're not just flipping in the wind and your progress is being all messed up and you just have no control over it and it's this like pity party and we've all done it. We've all been there. But if you can reframe that of, okay, I have control over all of this. What is actually worth controlling? Oh my gosh, it's freeing, honestly. For me, I always have noticed about the people around me that dinner is the biggest deal. If I want to go get something really healthy for breakfast and lunch, 
and I eat salads up until dinner, no one's really going to comment or notice. So I then splurge at dinner with everyone. If everyone's getting pizza, I eat pizza. It doesn't have to be that you actually do take control of 100% of situations. Weighing the options and realizing that you can also shifts the blame off of everything around you and brings it back to you. That can be hard in a way. It's a hard realization, but If this is something that gives you genuine anxiety, and I know for a lot of people it does, it can be really, really helpful to practice this and really put it into place. Notice that nothing bad happens if you eat your own meal or you get something before or you don't participate in every single toast. It's not the end of the world. And for some people, it's so hard to go against the status quo because they're afraid of conflict. And believe me, I despise conflict. I hate it so much. So I do get this. But I encourage you to just try it out for a meal or two or whatever you're comfortable with. Make that one right decision and notice that most of the time, no one really cares. If someone really cares, unfortunately, it says a lot about how they're feeling about their choices. That's very cliche and it's kind of high horsey to say, but it's true. We don't really notice the insecurities that other people have. We notice the insecurities that we have on other people. Say you're obsessed with your weight you will notice people's weights more. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It's just what you're very aware of. So if someone's hyper aware that you're eating a salad, try to be gentle with them. That's the world we live in. There's a lot of shame and emotion around food. So be sensitive to that. But you also have to really try your hardest not to take it personally because it probably has absolutely nothing to do with you. So say that you are in one of those situations where it's like everyone's going out for a massive dinner. You know it's not going to be like the most aligned dinner with your goals, but you're going. 100% please do not take this as you shouldn't go because you 100% should. But there are also certain things that you can do to stay on track. Spoiling your own appetite is something that I use with a ton of my clients. I've said this a million times to people and I will keep saying it. We've all done the Mexican restaurant fiasco of a dinner. So you go and you get your chips and salsa and you think I'll just eat a normal amount of chips and salsa. And you're wrong every single time, 100% of the time. And by the time your meal gets there, looking at fajitas makes you want to die because you are so full. It only gets worse after the appetizer is taken off the table in that like 10-minute wait, you realize how full you are. This is also on a smaller scale at, you know, any normal restaurant. Mexican restaurants, I feel like, are just so cliche for you just overeat the appetizers. In general, even think about when you go out for an appetizer and then you maybe go somewhere else for dinner. There's a small gap between that time when you get your dinner. And it's not that you're not hungry for your meal, but you don't really care about it as much. And you're definitely not like dying for it to get there. If you can do this at home before you go anywhere that you know is going to be possibly an opportunity for you to really overeat, it can make a massive difference in your approach to the food and how you think about the food in your quote unquote willpower, all of it. You're able to think more clearly about food when you're not starving. You ever gone grocery shopping hungry? Yeah, I rest my case. So spoil your own appetite and check the menu ahead of time. Look at what's there. Make the decision to either splurge on your entree or maybe you want to share a bunch of appetizers with people and that's going to be more like your meal. You don't have to overeat on everything to enjoy it. And there's going to be a point when you're eating and try this at your next meal. I guarantee you'll notice there's a point where the food no longer tastes any better than the last bite. And this is where you should stop. 
should, right? It's not going to be 100% of the time, but if you slow down and you're mindful about it, you will notice. There's a point where the bite doesn't taste any better. It actually tastes a little bit worse. At that point, your meal is not getting any better. You've already enjoyed the food. You've gotten everything you've gotten out of it. It's not going to improve. And at that point, that's when you kind of have to shift gears. You have to either, maybe you have some water. Maybe you have something else to kind of get off of that one path. There's a point of diminishing returns and you will notice it if you try it out. So please, please try it out and let me know how it goes. So for my people who track macros, this is always the big debate of should I track macros when I'm insert vacation, moving, busy, whatever. Here's my general rule. And this is just me personally. When I used to track religiously, my rule of thumb was if I was going to remember the event in a year, I would not track. Weddings, anything that is massively monumental for you, a huge celebration, anything like that, I would not track for. And that rule served me really well. So if you are looking for some sort of guideline, I would recommend that. And it's not like, oh, well, I'll probably remember this in a year. You can cheat the system any way you want. You know, you know what these events are and you know when they're important enough to qualify. If you can stick to that general rule of thumb and not completely self-sabotage yourself while you are, you know, at that event, it's a good way to kind of gauge how important it is to the grand scheme of things. Sometimes events will be more important than your goals and that's totally okay. What's not okay is not accepting it and stressing out about it. You have to make a decision and you have to decide what is going to make me feel the best in a week in a month? Am I going to be the person in a year that was weighing food at my sister's wedding? I hope that's not you because that's really fucking embarrassing. Again, it always comes back to priorities. If you can figure out where your priorities actually lie, it's going to make a big difference in this decision-making process. Then, so say you're not tracking and you usually do, you should compare it to your normal. If you normally wouldn't eat three steaks and three slices of cheesecake and five cookies on the same plate, you probably don't need to at this event. (laughs) It doesn't have to be this outrageous meal just because you're not tracking. Try to make it look like you are tracking. Maybe you have an extra treat or two. Maybe you have some drinks. Amazing. Wonderful. But it shouldn't be a blowout. It should be somewhat comparative to what you do on a day-to-day when you are tracking. Look at what actually sounds and looks good. Whenever there's like buffet style things or anything like that, people just kind of like grab as they go and you'll grab everything that looks good. Take a second, look at what's available. What is going to be the splurge that's really worth it to you? What's a splurge that isn't that worth it to you? You don't care as much about. What is something that you're not willing to sacrifice? If you can kind of think about it in a trade-off sort of way, it can be a great way to enjoy everything you want to enjoy and not waste calories on things that you didn't really care about. If you're really not a big drinker, like don't get a margarita just to sit at the table with it and sip on it and not even enjoy it. You're down 500 calories, you're not drunk, and it didn't add anything to your experience. If you love cheesecake, you live and die by it, have an extra piece, but that's the trade-off. Maybe you don't have the margarita and you have that extra piece of cheesecake because it's worth it to you. If you can figure out what is worth it to you, you're going to be an amazing spot. You should not make that decision on the way down the buffet line. You have to look at things kind of at least for a hot second to make those decisions rationally. Spoiling your appetite helps big time with this. It helps kind of convince you that you don't need every single thing on the table a lot better. The last thing that I'll leave you with is traveling, moving, vacations, all of those things. 
they're going to mean very different things to different people. If you go on one vacation all year and this is like the time, don't ruin it by obsessing over what you're eating. Don't miss out on those memories. However, if you're on the opposite end of the spectrum and your life's a movie, everything's a celebration, you have to rein it in. At some point, it is your responsibility to say, this is not aligning with my goals. Or are you a person that your goals aren't as important as those things? You could be either. You're going to save yourself a lot of stress if you figure out where you are on that spectrum and you stick with it rather than going back and forth. All of the other things still apply too. If you are moving or you're on vacation or you're just busy or you're running around or whatever it is, everything just doesn't go to shit because the things around you changed. It's just a change of environment. We make it a lot more than what it is sometimes. In certain situations, there is no reason that really much has to change. If you're out of town on business and you're in in a new city, yeah, go out and try some new foods. But do you really have to go completely off plan, especially if you travel all the time for work or anything like that? Probably not. Health and fitness and wellness and all of these things, it's all about the actions you actually take. We can truly talk all day about different strategies and different things that might be useful to you. It's not this crazy serious thing. If you take it too seriously, you're going to ruin your own time. You're going to end up upset. You're going to miss out on things. For what? And on the other hand, you should also be looking at the things that help you in your regular life. If you're someone that always has snacks on you and that really helps you, bring snacks. If you need to pack a cooler because you're going on a really long road trip, put some things in it that aren't going to make you sad to eat because they don't align with your goals. If you're on a really long travel trip, like maybe you're taking multiple airplanes or you are on a really long road trip, can you map out some places that might be good to eat that will make you feel really good about eating there? Looking ahead just a little bit at these things can make a massive difference. And the only other thing more important than that is preventing the spiral. And I talked about this, I believe, in my last episode. It's never the initial mistakes that prevent people from reaching their goals or that, you know, completely ruin people's progress. It's the actions after the initial mistake with vacations and things like that. If you're on a 10 to 14 day vacation, there's a lot of damage that can be done. And sometimes it's hard to pull yourself back out of that once you get back. The little things count here. The big things count even more. If there's certain things that you know you need to do to stay on track, do them. Take the responsibility and get it done. If there are things that you really just want to enjoy and sit back and fully relax into, do that as well. Balance it with what you say you want. If your intensity is matching up with your goals, you're going to be fine. It's when that balance is really thrown off that people get really upset with themselves. When your goals are crazy intense and you're sort of really lax in these situations, that's not going to add up to what you want. So I hope this helped a little bit. These are obviously more general, but I still think it can be helpful to at least have a guideline. Make yourself a plan. Figure out what standards you're going to hold yourself to relentlessly. Figure out the things that really go to shit. Marry them. Have a great time. And if you completely screw it up, don't spiral get back on. Your next meal is your next opportunity to get back on track. Don't wait till Monday. Don't bullshit yourself. Don't engage with those types of thoughts. Most people aren't going to be on vacation or traveling or moving for like months on end. This is a finite amount of time. If you're not perfect, nothing bad is going to happen. If you completely self-sabotage yourself for two weeks straight, yeah, you're going to have to come back from it. But even then, okay, just do it. Just get back on to what you were doing before. Worst comes to worst, you gain a pound or two, you got to take it off. Who cares? Be nice to yourself. Be forgiving of yourself and be understanding of the circumstances you're in and take responsibility for the things that you really, really care about. And I promise you, you'll be totally fine. 
that is all I have for you today. Super quick episode. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And within the next few episodes, I'm going to do a coaching call on here. So I'm excited. You guys will get to be a fly on the wall for that. And I will see you then. Bye, guys. 